issue. Her spine was discollapsed. This woman lived in Germany and she had gone to specialists and they had told her her spine is finished. She came to church one day and when we were about to serve the communion, she said, Lord, heal me or kill me. Because anytime she's going to bed, she's in pain. She can't like that. Mm. When she lies this way, pain. When she lies, she has to sit. And so she told the Lord, Father, if you are a healer, show up today. Oh, Father, kill me here because I'm tired of this pain. You know, as this simple bread. And one went around and she took it. According to her story, because she came to testify after six months. She went to Germany and did all the tests and they told her the spine is gone, is healed. She didn't testify. When she took the communion, she wanted to be sure. So she traveled back to Germany and she went to do a scan. They didn't find the back problem anymore. Hey, how many you are desperate for it? Look, if there's something molesting you, tell the Lord tonight is the last night. I believe in the name of Jesus that as I partake of the body and the blood, my situation is changing right now. Yes, I said it is changing right now. Yes, Lord. You know what happened? According to her story, when she, as she started going to home, she started hearing crackling noise on her back. On her back. She could feel literal movements. Her spine was being organized by an angel of the Lord. Hey. Today, I don't know what, where your faith is, but I want your faith to come up, come up, come up, come up. Because tonight a miracle will take place. I said a miracle will take place. When she got home, she told the husband, Hey, darling, something is happening to my back. I don't know. I'm hearing movements. The wife said, the husband said, Oh, as for you, you are always complaining about this back. I think it's one of your complaints. She said, no, this is different. I partook of the body and the blood and deliverance has come. Tonight, that witchcraft power will be broken over your life. That satanic cage, eh? Some of you, you have been caged. That door will open by force. Hey, I said it will open by force. This little drop of blood, it will become a mighty gushing flow of blood. It will swallow the enemy that is harassing your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you that as I come to the communion, let my expectations come to pass. Let the mystery of the body and the blood be my portion today in the name of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands and say amen. Come on church, I can hear you. Clap your hands. Amen. I'm going to teach a while and then we will go and partake of the body and the blood. Amen. How many of you were blessed yesterday? We will continue tonight. Today is our second day of our in-gathering. And yesterday I talked about what? What did I talk about? Uh-huh. I, I talked to you about it spiritual characteristics of fishermen amen and i said a fisherman's life is around the sea you cannot see a fisherman who lives in the forest he's always around the sea because he must master the sea the next thing about the fisherman is that he's never afraid of the sea 
no matter whether the billows are rowing or whatever, he masters the sea. He's able to go into the sea. I told you again that the fisherman, he is able to handle disappointments. Because sometimes he will go fishing all night and he will catch nothing. But when he comes back, he will mend his net and go back again. And I told you another thing about the fisherman is that they should, be, they should respond easily to changes in direction. That means you cannot continue to do the same thing you do every time. Because Jesus told them, launch into the deep and cast your net. And another time he told them, cast your net at the right hand. They said, hey, we have told on that, but at thy word. And they cast the net and they caught a heavy drought of fishes. The next thing about the fisherman I talked about is what? What? Hard work. I, I said that God always reward hard workers. Because anytime Jesus came on the scene, it was after they had worked hard. Jesus never gave anything to them on a silver platter. They just didn't have it easy. And so when you get things easy, easy, cheap, cheap, you don't know how to keep it. God is going to give somebody an anointing. After you have prayed for 24 hours nonstop. After you have prayed for 100 hours nonstop. Can I have an amen and a believing amen? After you have paid the price, an anointing will come on you. It will become resident. Even when you are sleeping, the anointing will be speaking. Why? Because it costs you something to get it. So you know how to keep it. And the last thing I talked about, I said, fishermen are strong. Jesus said, hey, you caught 153 fishes. I want to see. So Peter went to the shore and pulled the whole fishes and brought it to Jesus. This is what we got. You might have won some souls in the world, but we want to see them in the church. We want to see them go through membership course. We want to see them become carers and shepherds. We want to see them become pastors, apostles, and prophets. You must bring in the harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive that anointing tonight. Receive the anointing to catch men in the name of Jesus Christ. One thing about fishermen is that they know how to swim. And you know, swimming is one of the greatest exercises that you can do. When you swim, you exercise every part of your body. But you go and register and go and swim in Jesus' name. I didn't hear your amen at all. Go and learn how to swim. Because I can swim. Oh yes. If you throw me in the sea, I can swim. Maybe I've trained, it's been a while. But I can go like 100 meters. Come on, say amen. As for a pool, I can swim from here to here. Yeah. May you go to the pool and swim in Jesus' name. Now, God needs you to be strong. You cannot be 39, you are acting like 67. 53, and you are acting like an old man. No. Go and register at the swimming club. Amen. As you are struggling, your hands are moving, your legs are moving, every part of your body is moving, you are exercising. All the men in this church, they will become very strong. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are applying the principles of health so that we can go on. I said we can go on. This year is loaded. Be anointed to carry on in Jesus' name. I said be anointed to take on all the assignments that is ahead of us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So let the belly go down. Exercise. We are not saying amen at all. In the name of Jesus. Today I'm going to talk about 
Uh, how to stay in leadership. Say how to stay in leadership. And when I say leadership, I'm talking about service. So I'm, I'm trying to explain to you how you can stay in service or how you can become relevant in the kingdom of God. Amen. How you should continue to be relevant. I'm believing God that in 40 years, I shall still be relevant. Because the Bible said in their old age, they will still bear fruits. So don't think that when you are 70, you cannot bear fruits anymore. When you are 77, you'll be bearing fruits. Today we celebrated the birthday of Papa Adegui. 80 years and he's still preaching. I said he's still preaching. And his church has no walls because you can't build walls. It's kilometers. 80 years. We have never started. Tell never yet. Start it. Tell another person. We have not started at all. 80 years. He was bearing fruits. So we must learn how to last. A time should never come that you say, we don't need Pastor Daniel anymore. There must be something about me that you always want to have. That means I'm relevant to your life. Amen. Because even if you are in leadership, a time can come where you will not become relevant anymore. And tonight, I want to show you the keys that will keep you relevant. That will cause you to continue to catch men. That will cause you to continue to make waves. That will continue to make you to be relevant to your generation. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Last week, I talked about how to rise to the top. And we quoted Psalm 78 verse 72. said, for he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. So I said for you to rise, you must have two things. One, integrity and two, skill. And it described a man called Jeroboam who was a servant of Solomon. Bible said in 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 28. And he said, and Jeroboam, he was a man of valor. And, and Solomon found out that he was an industrious man. And he put him in charge of the house of Joseph. So listen, no matter where you are today, you can rise. If you decide to work hard and to be diligent and to be consistent, you will rise. There's nobody, you know, even, you see, the forces, Bible said, and the elements, they, he said, they fought against Caesarea. The elements. They say fortune favors the brave. In other words, if you will continue and be consistent, the cloud will help you. The wind will carry you. Natural forces will begin to work for you. Look at the current president. If he had said he's old, he wouldn't have been president. After going many, many times, you know, we never even gave him a chance that he would succeed. Then suddenly the wind changed and it favored him. May you never give up in Jesus' name. So you see, industry means you are dynamic. And I explain an industry to you, raw material to finish product. That means that you can be able to play all roles, no matter where they place you. Become useful. Become relevant. And you know, the secret about Jeroboam was that he wasn't working for himself. He was working in an institution. Solomon and Co. Solomon's company. And they put him somewhere 
and he survived and succeeded. In fact, that word man of valor means he was a wealthy man. You can prosper even if you are cleaner. Are you hearing me? Because when you are effective at where you are, somebody will want you to come up closer. None of you here will become nothing in Jesus' name. Listen to me. I'm speaking to you from my heart. I'm telling you that if you are diligent and consistent with the little things God has given to you, God will move you forward. He said he moved David from tending after his sheepfold and brought him to feed Israel. Jacob and Israel, his inheritance. That's verse 70 and 71 and 72. Psalm 78, 70 and 71 and 72. So David was a we was taken from the sheepfold. And he followed after the eels, great and he said the great eels with little ones. He took care of them and God brought him to take care of his house. Faithfulness. So listen, leadership is all about faithfulness. No matter where you are, you can rise. I said you can rise. So I spoke to you. You're going to sit down in a minute. I spoke to you about Jeroboam that he was a servant. The mother, the fa- he didn't know his father. He only knew his mother. Yet, he rose to prominence. And in fact, 10 of the tribes of Israel was given to him to take care of. Because of diligence. You don't always think you will succeed when you are on your own. If you are not being faithful with that which is another man's. How can God commit to you that which is yours? Are you following what I'm telling you tonight? So you start from where you are. Tell your neighbor, start from where you are. So in the case of Jeroboam, he had skill, industry, but he didn't have the right heart. Anytime you are rising, what you should be checking is your heart, your motives for the things you are doing to get to the throne. Because the throne is not very easy. If you use cantankerous means, cutting people's leg, stepping on people's shoulder and their heads to get to the seat, you may get there, but God will not be pleased with you. Because every leader was compared to David. He had skill and he had a good heart. May God give you two. And especially for those of you who have not risen yet. May you always check your motives for the things you are doing. So that when you get to the top, God will be pleased with you. So you see, when you are down there, all you need to do is just work hard. And as you are rising, check your motives. God will honor you. God will bless you. God will keep his word with your generation. Are you following what I'm saying? So that is how to go to the top. But today I want to talk about if you get to the top, what do you have to do to sustain it? They say beauty can get you into marriage, but character will bring you home, right? They say bon no hard, but money for cocoa. Buying a car is only a one-time investment, but getting petrol every day is another challenge. So you see, it's not you getting to the top. Getting to the top itself requires a grace. But when you get there, how do you sustain it and keep at it and become relevant? So that God will be pleased with us. Are you following what I'm saying? And and I'm I'm relating this message to all of you here. That occupy little, little offices. Be very careful you are not proud. 
Because some of you, you change your tone when you are talking to people you are supposed to serve. Hey. Now the boss is bossing it over the people he's supposed to serve. You lack understanding. And so for all the leaders here, anytime God lifts you up, you have to keep looking down so that you don't get haughty and proud. Because what brought you up is the same thing that will keep you up. Now, I wrote something down. Let me just say it, and then I'll let you sit down. I said, those who are up must come down, and those who are down must go down. Because the way up for everybody is down. So if you are up, you must still come down. And if you are down, you must still go down seven so you can rise. So when you, when you get to the top, you don't change and become an animal that we cannot describe. May God help us today in the name of Jesus. May God help us today in the name of Jesus. So take your Bible. Let's just go quickly to 1 Kings chapter 11. We'll just read a, a very short portion. And, and today I want to talk about Rehoboam. Say Rehoboam. Jeroboam, he rose from the ashes, from being the son of a widow to the high offices of ruling over ten tribes. Rehoboam, he was thrust into leadership because by inheritance, he was the son of Solomon. And isn't it amazing that Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines and princes, yet he had only one son. And the son was a fool. You would have thought that many wives would have given him better children, Captain. But he had only one son, and that son was not wise. It's a mystery. God is wiser than our wisdom. Are you following what I'm saying? He had so many wives, yet still he didn't have one quality child. And interestingly, the one who took over from Solomon didn't have wisdom. My God. Let me show you something. First Kings, quickly. And I'll speak very briefly and I'll let you go. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let's go to verses. Uh, hmm. Okay, let's go to 12 and verses 6. Let, let's go to verse 4. First uh, Kings chapter 12 and verse 4. He said, this was after Solomon had died. All the tribes came to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. He said, Solomon, we have a problem. We want you to help us solve the problem. So let's see what he said. He said, this is the children of Israel talking to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. That thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore, make thou the grievous service of thy father. And his heavy yoke, which he put upon us, lighter, and we will serve you. So the people had come to Rehoboam. Rehoboam, he grew up in the palace. He had palace culture. He had never seen suffering. He has never been down there with the laborers and the workers. He has never seen how to build things. He's never built anything. And suddenly this great kingdom called Jerusalem had been handed to him on a silver platter. He was an inexperienced hand. And the people who made him who he was and built the kingdom for him to inherit, they had come to him and said, hey, your father Solomon dealt with us very harshly. 
Solomon knew how to tax the people. And Solomon knew how to let the people buy into the vision. That is how come he built such a great temple and the great king's house. So after Solomon died, they wanted a little tax relief. They said, reprieve us of some e-levies. And so listen to what they said. They said, look, your father made our work grievous. But if you can take the burden from us, we will be glad and we will serve you forever. So, so look at what happened. Verse 5. And he said unto them, depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. Verse 6. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old man that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived and said, how do ye advise that I answer these people? Now, this is my message tonight. Verse 7. And they speak unto him saying, if thou wilt be a servant, one, unto these people this day, and wilt serve them, two, and answer them, three, and speak good words to them, four, then they will be your servants forever. In other words, if you will do these four things, the people will always find you useful. The people will always work with you. The people will always serve you. As you serve them. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So this was the advice of the old man who stood before Solomon, his father. They gave him four things. And if you would receive these four things, you will never lose relevance. Everywhere you go, people will always need you. There will never be a time where you will be unemployed. Never. Because a lot of people don't have it. Because they lord it over the people. Take your seats. So here is Rehoboam. He grew up in the king's palace. He was thrust into leadership, but he didn't have the skill. And thank God for the old men. Every young man must have some old men around them. You know, after he had spoken to the old man, he went to talk to his friends whom he grew up with in the castle. People who were eating at dining tables of gold and silver and cutlery that was designed to perfection. And so these people, they didn't understand the people that they've been given to serve. So the wise men, the people who stood before Solomon, and made Solomon great. That means that Solomon wasn't only great because he was great. He had a multitude of counselors who were always talking to him. And so you would see that it was Solomon's name which was shown. But a lot of people were working behind the scenes to make Solomon successful. So it was this same old man. Thank God they were not dead. And Rehoboam, he had made up his mind already. He just wanted protocol to follow through. So you see here, when he went to these old people and talked to them, he, after he had listened to them, he went to his friends, his colleagues, and his groups and his clique, the people that he was used to, because if you really needed the counsel of the old man, you wouldn't have gone to consult people who have never been in leadership before. Are you following me tonight? And they told him that, tell them, that your little finger will be as thick as your father's waist. And if your father was flogging them with whip, 
you will flog them with scorpions. In other words, treat them hard. Use fear to dominate them. That's why I'm saying that in this kingdom, we don't operate with fear. Jesus saved you out of pure love. And everything you will ever do for God, it should be because you love him. We love him because he first loved us. And so everything we do in the kingdom of God, we are driven by love, not fear. And so the advice the young people gave Rehoboam was that, look, use intimidation tactic and fear to dominate the people. That is how the kings of the world rule their people. Jesus told them, he said, the kings of the Gentiles, they exercise authority over them. And they that exercise authority call themselves benefactors. So in the system of the world, when you are given an office or a position, you use it to your own advantage. That is how it is done. But in the kingdom, when God elevates you, it is for you to serve. So you realize that this world is very deficient of true leadership. You are not going to take it over. Why? Because for us, we are trained that anytime we are rising, it's because we are serving. And so because we are serving, we know that we can never change because it is the service that keeps us up. So this was the wisdom the old man told the, old, the young man. He said, hey, young man, number one, if thou shalt be a servant unto these people this day, in other words, Rehoboam, he didn't have the quality of a servant at all. So the old man looked at him and realized that this guy, if he comes with this attitude, he will mess up the kingdom. The first thing they were telling him was that you have to become. You have to be. Let this mind be in you as was in Christ. He's saying that for you to succeed, you must change the way you do things and the way you think. Because the things you do is a product of the things you think about or the nature and the personality you have. So they told him that for you to last and be relevant, as for you, you didn't have a problem like Jeroboam. You were born in the king's palace. All you needed to do was to be alive. And when the time came, they put you into leadership. But you cannot rule these people. You cannot lead if you don't become a servant. So they told him, first of all, become a servant. This day, change the way you see things. Change the way you behave. Change the way you see the people. They are not subservient. They are the people that God will use to bless you. Like how you see poor people. Anytime you see a poor person and you despise them, you have despised an opportunity for blessing. Because they are poor so that God can use their poverty to bless you. It's a he that lendeth to the poor shall never be poor. He that lendeth to the poor, lendeth to the Lord. He that giveth to the poor, he lends to the Lord. And the Lord will pay you back. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So he was telling that, change the way you see the people. When somebody comes to church, and you the leader, you are to serve them. You are the chief servant. You don't have to look at the way they look first. Before you are called them a seat. It's an opportunity for you to be blessed. It's an opportunity for you to advance in the kingdom of God. So he told them, become. So the first thing that must happen is that he had to become. Jeroboam had the same problem. And for Jeroboam, 
the promise that God made to him that he missed, when I read it, I feel very, very, very sad. The Lord told him. First Kings chapter 11, verse 38. And it shall be, if thou shalt hearken unto my commandments and walk in my ways and do that which is right in my sight as my servant and, 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 and keep my statutes and commandments as my servant David. The Lord said, I will be with you. And I will give you a sure house. And I will give you Israel. Wow. This is a servant. God told him that if you can become this. Listen. We must desire to become before we do. Because the doing becomes very easy when you become that thing. So for Jesus, when he came on earth, he had to think like a servant. Though he was a king. He changed the way he thought, the way he related, the way he acted. Why? Because he had to come and serve. And that's why we are serving him today. So for Rehoboam, he needed to go through some purging process. And if I were him, I would have told the old man, what should I do? Should I go into the kingship immediately? Or you can keep me in a place and train me and teach me. That's why God brought you here tonight. You see, because he's going to take you to a high place and he brought you here to train you so that when you get there, you don't become crazy. Let me hear you say amen. amen. So one, become. So this is the promise of Jeroboam, a servant who had no covenant. Just because he was hardworking, God himself came, I'll, I'll give you Israel. Because of the foolishness of Solomon, me, I'll take ten tribes and give it to you. If you will walk before me, keep my statutes, I will give you a sure house. That means that your generations after you, they will continue to be kings. My God, is that not a great blessing? So why would Jeroboam become insecure and build an altar in Dan? And Dan is nothing, is not, is the north of Israel. And he built one in Bethel and told, told all the ten tribes, don't go to Jerusalem again. These are your gods. Because he said, if they go to Jerusalem, who knows? They may change their mind and come and kill me. But God said, I said, God said, I will bless you. I will give you a sure house. Let's have hope in God and confidence in God. The things that happen around you, keep your mind and your eyes on the things that God has said to you so you don't change. Because your environment will change. If you are not careful, you will make stupid mistakes and missteps in your life and miss it. So Jeroboam rose to the top, but he became a curse. This is a guy, he doesn't know how to serve. And they are telling him that, become a servant. Like your father David. Bible says he went before the children of Israel and he served faithfully. Let me tell you. Anytime you get an office, decide to serve the people there. Now, if you're in charge of media, and we say, be in charge of this and this and that. Everybody that works in that space, you serve them. I say, you serve them. With humility, you don't become a boss and boss everybody. And if you don't come at this time, no, 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 no. Hello. Are you hearing me today? Yes. A little promotion. You can't handle it anymore. 
You can't, you can't relate to the people that you were relating to now because your story or your level has been elevated a little bit. But stay down. Somebody say amen. So that God will continue to make that office great and everybody wants to come around you. Are you hearing me today? They make you a home care leader. Don't go and shout on the people and insult them. And you are angry. When they call, you don't pick your call. Three days, you are not picking anybody's call. You are not a servant. You have the throne. But the purpose for which you were given the throne, you don't understand. Think like a servant. Are you hearing me? And when I say think like a servant, I'm not saying bow, bow. Serve people genuinely with all your heart. Become a servant. So they were telling him, King, if you want to keep this throne, it's not forever. I like what the Bible said. He said, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flock and know well thy heads. For the crown, it doesn't endure to all generations. The fact that you are rich doesn't mean your children will be rich. The fact that you are wise doesn't mean your children will be wise. So the fact that King Solomon was a great king didn't mean that Rehoboam would become a great king. There was something Rehoboam had to become. He had to become a servant this day. And the people, they had enough sense to come to you to seek your opinion. And then you decide to go with the wisdom of the young people. So that was the first thing that Rehoboam failed. He couldn't become a servant. Because he thought that his assignment was not to serve the people, but the people to rather serve him. That is the system of the world. And then the next thing he said, number two, he said, if you will serve them, that means do the work of a servant really, not to impress people. You know, in the army, they have what we call eye service. If you saw a soldier pass, you must salute. It's eye service. You are saluting because it's in the laws that if you see your superior, you must salute him. But you know, in your heart, you can be very angry at your superior. You are not serving because you want to. It's because you must. That is what the Bible is saying. It's not. So, you know, you can be humbled and not be humble. A lot of people can be humbled, but they, they are not humble. You can be made lowly, but you are not lowly. There's a different thing about it all. It's an attitude thing. Somebody say amen. That's why Bible said that if you are willing and obedient, willingness is a ready mind. I say it's a ready mind. When I'm doing anything in the church, I'm not doing it to impress anybody. I'm doing it from my heart. Hello. And I don't need you to know unless you find out. You see, anything you do for somebody, in fact, when you give to the poor, don't let them feel embarrassed. That's why he said, when you give alms, what is alms? Alms giving to poor people. When you give it, don't let your left hand see what the right hand is doing so that the poor person can have a little dignity. But when you give to the poor, you broadcast to everybody. I gave them. So you make the poor person feel empty, useless, and used. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So he's saying that, be a servant and do the work of the servant. Now, when we say a king, what is the king doing? All you have to make sure is that you are listening to the people when they come to you with their problems. You have time for everybody. 
You put structures in place so that everybody's need is met. Is that not it? When you are going on the field, you are riding the chariot. You are not walking. So what they are asking you to do is nothing big. It's no big deal. It's not strange. Every facility is there for you. The reason why the presidency has everything is because they are supposed to serve first. That's why when you need a car, the car is made available. So you can't say, I don't have a car, so I can't serve. Are you following what I'm saying? The reason why things will be given to you and made easy for you is so that you can be very, very effective in your service. May God make things available for you. Some of you are sitting here, if you had a car, you always pack people to church. May God give you a van. May God give you a bus. Because with that little car, the effort you are putting in, God is seeing it all. And because you have the heart of a servant, God will elevate you and change your story. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. amen. So, do it. You are doing it because you have the mindset of a servant, not because you want to impress anybody. May you become a servant indeed. Amen. You know, some people, when they serve, they will make you feel that they have served. Have, have you seen such people before? When they do something for you, they take three days break. Make you feel that, oh, I did all this. When I'm not there, you suffer. Come on, let me hear you, amen. You know, the person will make you feel that, look, I'm here, I did it. By some movement and some, you know, non-verbal communication, you will know that he, the person is a boss. Come on, let me hear you, amen. Are you here tonight? But Bible is saying that when you do that, you don't have the mind. You are not being a servant. Serve and don't let anybody see you. It's in the Bible. He said, the plate huh, that we eat in, do we thank the plate? When you eat and you, with the fork and the knife, and you go and wash the plate, plate, I thank you for all your service today. I thank you. Because the plate is designed to do what it's doing. So you don't go looking for accolades and taps on your shoulder for you to feel good. Are you with me tonight? Somebody say amen. amen. So that's it. You become and then you do. Amen. You know, I'm not here. I'm a servant of God. I said, I am a servant of God. If I don't even know why I'm serving. I don't know, really. Because, I, I, look, I don't know that they give honorarium when you go and preach. Up to today, when you invite me to come and preach, I don't look forward to any honorarium. It's not in my mind. Celebacotapa, today I'm calculating 2,000 Ghana cities honorarium. So as you are going, you are preaching so that you know the people can. <laughs> come on. Are you here tonight? I don't know a lot of things. I'm just serving because. I'm a servant. And I don't need applause from you. If you don't say thank you, I'm okay. The plate doesn't get angry. Say, today, you're not eating meat again. <laughs> the plate, he doesn't even know. He's just designed to serve. So let us humble ourselves, amen. amen. And become servants wherever you find yourself. I'm seeing great people are going to rise from this church. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are doing it not to impress. When you pay your tithe, don't, just don't worry. You didn't send me notice. It is the administration. It's a mistake. We are sorry. But even if they don't send it to you, you didn't give it to man. You gave it to God. And God, they keep records above. Do you know that? And everything you have given is recorded. 
So don't, 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 don't look at man. You see, the problem is that when you begin to look at men, you get discouraged with your service. If you look at me here, oh, you will get a lot of problems and a lot of mistakes. Because I'm not perfect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I might even say something to you. Somebody who's coming to help you, he may talk to you in a way you didn't even like. But you are coming to help. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But if you are a servant, you don't have a problem with it. You know why you get angry? And look at the way they spoke to me. Look at the way. You are not a servant. You are not that plate that we eat from. Because if you were that plate, you would not complain. I know you don't say amen. But nobody will go out to mess you up and treat you bad. But when it happens, because you have the heart of a servant, you keep doing what you are doing. You become, and then you do. I say you become, and then you do. Say I become, and then I do. Hallelujah. So this was the second counsel that they gave Rehoboam to make him relevant. Make him greater than Solomon. So that he would have ruled the whole tribe of Israel. Twelve tribes. He also failed that one. Number three. He said, and if you would answer them. Say answer. Come on, say answer. Say it again. Is it 2 Corinthians chapter 41 verse 9? He said, this was, what, this was the prayer of Solomon. He said, Lord, now enter into thy rest and clothe thy priest with salvation and let thy people rejoice. When you become a servant, may you have answers. You see, when he said, answer them, he was saying that provide solutions. Bible says that he makes us as fire. He clothes us with salvation. What is salvation? Solutions. I said solutions. If you have three people that you are taking care of, receive the anointing to provide answers to all their problems. This is what will cause you to be relevant. So it was our prayer. It was his prayer that God, everyone who is called a priest, anoint them. See, when you become a solution, that means you have the anointing. I said you have the anointing. And I'm praying for you that you become anointed. I said you become anointed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So that you see, whilst you are speaking, people are finding answers. Whilst you are praying, solution is coming. When they enter through that gate, the, the door, the atmosphere even brings solution to them before they even entered. May God clothe the pastors with solutions. May God clothe the captains with answers. In the name of Jesus Christ. The reason why people will leave the church and go somewhere is because they are looking for answers. May God clothe us with salvation. With answers in the name of Jesus. With answers in the name of Jesus. With solutions in the name of Jesus. To lead, you know, Kenneth Hagen, whilst he was a pastor, none of his members died. And before they will have a problem, God will show it to him. There's a place in God like that. Where God shows you even the visitors who are coming into your house. May God clothe us with answers and solutions. Listen, if we provide answers to the questions and the nagging issues of people, they will stay in the house of God. We will provide employment here for you. Not only employment, you will find relationship purposes in the name of Jesus. 
you will find your purpose in life and the ministry that God has assigned to you in the name of Jesus. You know why this place is called Green Pastures? It's not so that you come and lie down and rest. You find your purpose, which is serving God, serving other people. Are you hearing me? And when a man finds a reason why he's alive, especially God's purpose for their life, they rest and they are relaxed. And this thing I'm doing, I'm not doing it to stop. I'm doing it forever. May God give you a reason to do something forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. So God clothed them with solutions. To provide solution, you need to be anointed. The next thing is that you need to know where to get help. Sometimes, you as a leader, you don't know what to do. But you have tongues. Listen, the Holy Ghost is our help. There's no leader who has answers. Nobody. It's your relationship with the Holy Spirit that makes answers available for people. So listen, if you're a leader and you don't pray, you will lack the anointing. You will lack access. If you are a leader, you don't study the word. You are not feeding yourself. How can you feed other people? Because the leader in the church, God says you should feed knowledge and understanding. Are you following me tonight? So listen, if you are a leader here, spend time in prayer. Don't wait for us to call for all night. And listen, this year, any all night we are calling for is to pray for the ministry for souls and for the kingdom. We had one, we're going to have one on this 18th of this month. We are just coming here to pray for souls and the kingdom. We want answers. Lord, clothe us with saving grace. When I lay hands on the sick, they must be healed. When I speak a word, they must come to pass. In the name of Jesus Christ. And you know, every now and then, God will show me issues of our people. Why? Because he wants me to help them. Be anointed in the name of Jesus. Listen, you cannot use PR. In this wicked world to solve problems. PR will last a week. After that, it will fizzle out. But true anointing will carry them and carry them far. May you spend time in prayer. That's why we wake the leaders up at 4 a.m. Wake up and pray. Because if you are a leader, you are not clothed with salvation. How are you going to help somebody? If you can't solve your problems, how are you going to solve somebody's problems? Glory to God. I said glory to Are you following me tonight? So, you must know where to go for answer. Listen, when Daniel was brought into the kingdom, after he was taken into Babylon, the king, suddenly, he had the dream and he forgot. And the wise men came and said, Ah, tell us your dream and we'll tell you the interpretation. Of. The man said he cannot remember his dream. And you, he told the, the magicians that, You want me to tell you the dream so you find an interpretation for me? He said, Tell me the dream now. What a kingdom. The king dreams, he forgets, and everybody's head is going to be cut off. He told, I'm going to cut all of you your head. So the decree went out to cut the head of every magician, counselor. And Daniel, Meshach, and Abed, all those guys, they were part of the people that had been chosen as counselors to the king. So when Daniel had the case, he said, why is the thing coming so quickly from the king? Daniel chapter 2 verse 15. Why is the king's decree... So much in haste. He said, give us time. Come on, say, give us time. I said, tell, tell somebody, give, give me time. I know what to do. My God, may you never be frustrated in Jesus. You see, at that particular moment, Daniel didn't have the answer. And sometimes you come to certain leaders, they don't have the answer. But if you will give them time, God will show them something about it. Are you following what I'm saying? 
So Daniel went to the king and said, King, please, I need a little time so that I can petition eternity and knock the doors of heaven and seek mercy from God. Peradventure, he will show us the dream and the interpretation thereof. So Bible said that night, Daniel and his friends, they went to prayer. Listen, you have the answer. I said, you have the answer. Now, you are a priest. He said that he will clothe his priest with salvation. And under the New Testament, you are a royal priesthood. Why don't you come here and pray all night? Why don't you come and lay here and say, Father, I'm not living until I find a note of victory. You see the thing? God provides answers and solutions for us. And listen, if you want to be relevant, you better come up with some answers. May you become resourceful. In the name of Jesus Christ. And you don't give your advice. You give them the word as it is written. You speak to them by the word and they'll go and they'll be encouraged. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So you see the people came to Rehoboam and said, Rehoboam, we have problems. We wonder when we come with our problems, we'll have an answer. Hey, every one of you here, God has solved all your problems. You will leave this place with a sure assurance that the thing that has been bogging you down is taken away forever. Answers in the house of God. And so when the word of God is in a place, you always have the answer. I'm teaching you how to sustain leadership. Robert, are you following what I'm saying? Now, if today you are promoted and you have this mindset, my God, they can't remove you. They will fire everybody and leave you. They will create an office for you. Say, we cannot lose this guy. We cannot lose this woman. I'm giving you answers for your future. I'm giving you solutions for your future. I went to see somebody with a friend. And the way the friend spoke, I said, this man, God will lift him up. You know, there's a way you talk, eh? It releases and opens doors. Huh. Solutions. May you solve your family problem. May you, listen, one of the things you can do is to stay in quiet and meditate. Why is this thing happening to me? You know the prodigal son? You know how he got his breakthrough? He came to himself. He came to himself. He was just sitting one day and said, ah, why am I doing this nonsense? Eating pig food. And my father has food enough for his servants and they are able to spare. And I sit here and I die of hunger. One day, if you just take time, you will stop masturbating. Why, why are you masturbating? You are going to marry. And now when you marry, how are you going to have sex? You are not thinking enough. You are not. You are going to marry. You are having sex before you marry. Okay, now that you are married, what are you going to do? The sex is there every day. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You are not thinking enough. And you are kissing. You are, hey, let's, let's. Hey, what are you doing? You are not doing anything. We are just talking. <laughs> Meanwhile, God will give you. You are not thinking hard enough. That's why you are doing the things you are doing. May God clothe you with answers. May God clothe you with solutions. 
Every problem has an answer. Don't let anybody deceive you that this problem is impossible. For with God, nothing shall be. May God clothe you with solutions. Listen, one of the ways to be, when you pray in tongues, eh, you download spiritual data. When you don't know what to do, and you're in a very difficult and tight place, pray in tongues. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. What is a mystery? You don't have the answer. It's a secret. You don't know what to say. As soon as you start speaking in tongues, the secret will be revealed to you. You will say something at that moment and they will let you go free. In the name of Jesus, receive solutions. Receive answers in the name of... Now, don't let anybody come to you and say, I don't know what to do. Say, give me time. You know, when I was in the U.S. with my wife, we went to a mall. We're looking for a place. Anybody you ask, they'll point you in another direction. I didn't meet one man who said, I didn't know. Oh, oh, it's not a problem. Just turn right, go here. It's wrong direction. You go out, you realize that. It's the wrong place. You tell another, oh, oh, man, you are. Then you, you are, ah. So why are these people not telling us they don't know where they are? They don't know where they are pointing to us. They wouldn't. If you go back to God, you'll find the answer. Don't ever say you don't know. Say, I'll come back and I'll tell you. When you are in a meeting, they are telling you, say, I'll, I'll come back to you with this information you need. Why? Because you have a God. The last one, the last one. Speak good words. Say speak. Say speak good words. Now, if I stop speaking, there'll be a problem. Some of you, I keep speaking to you. Speak. I'm not talking. God doesn't talk. God speaks. Once has God spoken. Twice have I heard that power belongs to who? So God doesn't talk and discuss. When he speaks, it becomes law. He's telling them that if he will speak to them, when we say speak to somebody, it's talking about encouragement. I'm giving you four keys. You would last in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you can do this four, every time you'll find relevance. Everybody will always come back to you. Even if they do cool, they will go and look for you and bring you back. He said, if you speak good words, encourage the people. Come on, say encouragement. There is no word that putting people down has ever worked. Never. It's only encouraging words that will help people. Because a man who is down, if you are telling me he's down already, he's down already. So he doesn't know to know that he's down. He's down. But anytime you learn to encourage people, they will rise. That's when I say all your problems are solved. Believe it. I'm speaking encouraging words to you. When I tell you that God will honor your faith, I'm speaking encouraging words to you. But if I see speaking, and some of you, I speak to you individually. Sometimes I admonish you. It's all good words. Come on, say good words. You may not like it, but it's a good word for you to bring you up. Glory to God. When I wake you up, it's a good word. Wake up and pray. It's a good word. Are you following what I'm saying? You may not like it, but it's supposed to bring you to a place of power and influence and solutions. Amen. So he told them, don't insult the people. The people you are feeding, don't insult them. You are doing the work and you are insulting the people in your mind. You are serving the people and you are insulting them in your mind. 
I saw a video. There's a, it was a servant in a certain house. And, the, and I'm sure the, 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 the man did something to the servant. And you know when she was cooking, she mixed the food with her urine. And the man came, he was eating the food. Big fool. If you maltreat your house, you'll be sorry. Listen, don't maltreat anybody who goes to your kitchen. Oh. Stupid girl, foolish boy. Please, yeah. eh. They will not say anything. You leave the house and see. They will show you pepper. The thing they will mix for you to eat. You come, you are eating. It is insulting your head. <laughs> Next time. Are you following what I'm telling you? So I, I'm very careful with people who live with us. How's it? I'm always like, hey, how are you? How's everything going? You are blessed. Amen? Encouraging words. I said encouraging words. Your wife can kill you in a minute. Every day you are beating your wife. Pa! Pasia! Foo! She's not saying anything. Meanwhile, you come and eat in the evening, right? Will you come and eat in the evening? I mean, how do you think at all? You come and fire the food. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Learn to speak good words. Now, if anybody comes near you, they must live with encouragement. You remember the testimony of our brother? He came to tell me, oh, the job that he just got They've told him that he should, he, should, he should go back. They are sorry. I said, go back. Go back. I said, yes, go back. You will get the job back. The people called him and said, oh, we are sorry. Come back. Come on, say amen. Hey, may you provide answers and solutions. Don't let anybody leave your presence discouraged. You don't, know. don't you have God? If you have God, why should somebody be discouraged leaving your presence? Somebody say amen. Brother, I don't have money, but I'm going to pray a prayer over you. As you are living there right now, the money will chase you. Did you hear me at all? You see, you need to speak boldly, confidently. Speak good words. We are traders of hope. And so if you come to me, I don't give you hope. It's finished. So he told them, give the people hope. We are going to be a big church. I said, we are going to be a big church. We will have an overflow here. These are good words I'm speaking to you and prophesying to you. Now, if you came and I said, hmm, I'm suffering, come and help me. Every day I'm complaining. I would discourage all of you. So if God puts you in an, a place of influence, make sure you are always speaking right words. He said, how forcible are right words? We must close. I said, forcible are right words. Learn to speak positive words. Anything you are doing, encourage them. No, don't insult people behind their back and despise them in your heart. And use words that you wouldn't have used in their presence. Don't do that. Don't do that. God is seeing you. And God would expose your hypocrisy. Are you following what I'm saying? So learn to speak good words to the people you are serving. If you go for the home care, one person comes and say, Brother, you have done so well. I'm so blessed to have you here. Encourage them. They'll come again. I said they will come again. Don't let them feel discouraged, broken, and their heads bowed when they leave your presence. Look at what Caleb did when they went to spy the land in the book of Numbers chapter 13 verse 30. Bible said, and Caleb stealed the people. The people were agitated. Say agitated. You say agitation is like, hey, 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 hey. 
Ten people said, the land is full of giants and they eat up the people like, they are like cannibals. They swallow the inhabitants thereof. The pomegranates, the grapes, they are very nice. But the people, we can't go. So after the ten people gave that report, everybody was agitated. They said, Moses, you again. You have brought the ass to destroy us. They were cursing Moses. And then Bible said, Caleb, he stood up and stealed them. He told them, let us go up at once. For we are well able to take the land. Those words that Caleb spoke, it recorded in heaven. When you feel like saying something bad, say something positive. Even when you are feeling pain, don't, don't droop your pain on the people. Encourage them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why God put you there. He wouldn't have put you there if he knows that you are going to complain to the people and put the people down. You are up there so you can bring them up. Come on, see you know what I said to you. God set you up so you can pull people up. So that when the door opens, you bring other people. You bring other people. You bring other people into the game. So that they can function at the level at which you are functioning. Because it was faithfulness that got you there in the first place. Let us learn to speak good words in the name of Jesus. When you meet somebody, brother, you are blessed. In fact, when you call me and fold, the word I'll say is blessings. If you notice, I always say blessings. I don't care what is going on. But God is going to bless you. Brother. This is Caleb. He stilled the people. He spoke good words. When they were afraid and troubled, he spoke good words. When I went for the funeral, by the time I finished preaching, they forgot that their, their son was dead. They were so encouraged. I told them, you will meet him again. Amen. But you must meet him when you are repented like him. So they went and they got repented so that they will meet their son again. May you learn to lift up people. Imarama, ah. If you are, you see, the people on your bus, you serve them. I'm telling you, with humility, you speak good words. Hallelujah. Even if they don't agree with you, have the culture of heaven. Speak good words to them. They will always follow you. Listen, it's very easy to attract people. Though. These are the four keys I'm giving you. That if you will be a servant and serve the people and give them and provide solutions and speak good words, encourage them. That's all. Let all the forces of hell fight you. They can't because you have the grace to keep the people. I'm telling you today. Those of you that stand at the entrance, humble yourself and serve the people gladly with you. Are you hearing me? Everybody that works with you, let them feel very comfortable around you. Don't let them make them afraid. After all, you didn't save them. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So those of you, like your communion, you, you do it as service unto the Lord. You are sweeping as service unto the Lord. I'm preaching. If I take you for granted, I can go and just take a Bible and say, listen, now, I pray, I read. Why? Because I must come and feed God's people. I'm serving. I've not, this, yesterday, I didn't eat. Today, I'm not eating. Like, eat food. No. Tomorrow, to same thing. 
Because why? I must come and feed God's people. I must hear from God. And then I come and feed. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So listen, you will never lose relevance. Never. Even in this church, the way you are, you are we'll always be looking for you. Some of you don't come to church, you know, I don't preach well. I'm telling you today, when I see you, I'm empowered to preach. You don't know your value. I see the value because I see your consistency and I realize that, oh, this girl is with me. So it helps me. So that when I stand here, I'm looking for some people to show up. As soon as they come, my preaching will change. Pastor, why? I don't know. When you get the opportunity, you can ask God. But there is an anointing that is corporate. Somebody say amen. So listen, when we say, go and do home care, humble yourself and say, Pastor said, I must go. So you go. You don't make excuses. Are you hearing me? One person, you alone, stop. Brother, come. You are growing the thing to 10 people. Then you split. You see miracles and wonders. I say, you see miracles and wonders. You'll be shocked. The things that will begin to happen in your life. Service is a covenant ministry. So you serve with purpose. We'll continue tomorrow. Now, I want you to partake of this communion. Something is going to change in your life.